details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. Your voice of common sense because apparently nobody else is doing it. It's Michael Graff in Exile where we put down the Kool-Aid and pick up the semblance of sanity. We try to. Thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate it. Contact information for the program, mike at kmgx.com. That is my email address for all of your comments, questions, suggestions, anything you want to contribute to the program. It's mike at kmgx.com. That's also our PayPal address should you want to contribute to this program monetarily. And, of course, um, you can also contact me on AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. It's available 24-7, 365. You can always uh, drop me a message. I mean, I'm not always sitting here. I'm not sitting here 24-7, 365, just maybe 23-7, 364. I, I, I probably sleep New Year's Day, I think. I don't know. So you can, uh, for all of our other contact information and any, anything Michael Graff related, you know where to go. It's michaelgraff.com. That's the one, the only, michaelgraff.com. All right. Well, we're into summer now officially. Um, it is, uh, it's hot. It's going to be 109 tomorrow. Thanks a lot for that. Oh, I guess it is global warming after all. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, so I see we have, uh, again, it's going to be one of those shows. We have a lot to talk about, a lot of things to get into. So I'm going to try and breeze through a lot of it as best we can. You know, there's there's even things I didn't get to on Friday's show. As long as Friday's show was, there was actually more stuff I had to talk about. There was stuff I teased at the beginning of the show on Friday. I didn't get to it. I, I do feel terrible enough. 
Uh, incidentally, uh, for timestamp purposes, yes, it is Tuesday, June 22nd, 2010. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a terrible job on these intros. I've been doing a terrible job uh, setting myself up. I, I'm going to have to put myself on suspension, I think. All right. Police myself. I'll, I'll get like the government. I'll, I'll do my own watchdogging. Sounds good. Okay, so uh, naturally, I'm going to get to all the stuff that we didn't get to on Friday, including the Michael Graff Show stupid news file. And there's a lot of stuff in there. Then uh, we have, uh, well, we have just a pile of stories. We're going to try and break it down the common sense, just uh, cut through all the malarkey that's going on out there. You know, it's, it's getting deep. Better put your boots on. But before we do any of that, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of news that happens every day. The news cycle is never-ending, and there's a lot of the gatekeepers of the news out there. There's what Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, CNBC, any of these other folks, AP. There's all the stuff that they think is news, but really, since it's my show, the only thing that matters is what I think is news. Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. <laughs> but lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Groff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. Yep. And uh, believe it or not, there's more than seven things to talk about, but this is just the way we open up the program every day. Just some of the biggest stories happening like this. How uh, how about like this? Number seven. Thank you. (laughs) No, don't worry about me. I've not been running this board for 10 years. How would I know what to press? All right, the Schultz fire is going on uh, just north of Flagstaff. It has consumed 10,000 acres. Uh, You might say it's a local story, but making national headlines, the city of Flagstaff, Arizona, what, 60,000 people threatened by the Schultz fire. Uh, A very wet spring or wet winter and early spring has led to a lot of overgrowth, a lot of vegetation, a a lot of green up there in northern Arizona. But unfortunately, it's been dry for a couple of months now, and that means the fire danger very high up there. Gusty winds. Uh, They believe that this fire was started. It's an unattended campfire. Hey, man, remember Smokey Bear? Only you. Well, apparently not, because uh, this is a situation, again, 10,000 acres threatening the Flagstaff area. They don't have this really contained uh, too well as of yet. And it's a burgeoning story, a big problem. And as usual, it's something that we're going to keep our eyes on um, over the days and potentially weeks that this continues. Number six. The Iranians are supposedly going to be running the Gaza blockade. Now, this should come as no surprise because any kind of any kind of antagonist behavior on the part of the Iranians is really nothing new, and I'd expect nothing less from the Iranians, but this is what we have to look forward to. 
And if they do run this, of course, Israel, well, they have their usual guard up and they say they better not. That's pretty much their official position is when asked about whether or not Iran running the blockade. Israel says, well, yeah, they better not. Meaning what? What are you going to do? Every time they antagonize you, you do nothing. Show some balls. Number five. Arizona is under attack. We have a couple of different Arizona-related stories. This one, do you know that this drug cartel that's been coming in from Mexico and some of these gangs, they have taken over a portion of Arizona. A portion of Pima County is pretty much under the control of Mexican drug cartel and drug gangs. The Pima County Sheriff, they don't want to do anything about it. I'm going to lay all this out for you in, in a little while. We have to get into this as it relates to leadership from the federal government and how there really hasn't been any. And once again, I don't know what Arizona is supposed to do about this. Because if we try to take matters into our own hands, I don't know, the government may just... And I'm just sort of speculating here because God knows what our government could potentially be up to, but... Well, I'm just going to say they might just come along and sue us. No, they'd never do that, right? No. Number four. The Times Square bomber, this uh, Shazad. No, that wasn't the, the sequel to Shazam. This Shazad guy, he pleads guilty to setting the bomb up in uh, New York City. In fact... He took it a step further and he said that this is just the beginning until we get out of Muslim lands. Okay, whatever. Number three. Three. It's day 64 of the BP oil spill. And his own worst PR nightmare, Barack Obama, was out golfing, going to baseball games, and spending a whole lot of taxpayer dollars over the weekend. But that was eclipsed by Tony Hayward, the CEO of BP, at a yacht race. Now, I think maybe the small people, as BP calls them, I think maybe the small people uh, would probably be a little bit upset if they knew that while oil is washing up on their shores, while their fishing industry is literally being killed by the black gold spewing forth from the Gulf of Mexico, uh, perhaps, perhaps they might get just a little bit perturbed at the fact that the CEO of the company that's screwing their livelihood over is at a yacht race. Now you say, what, my guy? The guy doesn't have a right to go to a yacht race? Well, here's the thing. I'm just saying it's bad PR. Bad PR from a company that really can't afford it right now. And we have a lot more BP stuff to get into. Number two. Two. Surprise, surprise. The federal government says that they are going to file a lawsuit against the state of Arizona over SB 1070. Now you might say, well, you reported that on Friday. We already know this. Well, the thing is, is that... Um, that's that's like story number 2A. And then 2B is not only that, but the federal government, after Barack Obama met with Governor Jan Brewer of the state of Arizona about two weeks ago, has yet to send any of those troops to the border. Has yet to send any troops that, she, that he promised. He promised he was going to send 1,200 troops. Has yet to send any of those to the border. So... I'm, I am glad, though, that Eric Holder, I guess if, he, if they're filing suit, if they're filing suit, then I guess they read the bill, right? Eric Holder actually sat down and decided, well, I might as well read this 
this big long bill, this 10 page marathon bill. Yeah. All right. Enough about that. There's just, it's, it's too much. I can't even believe it. Number one. Number one. Talk about PR nightmares. Stanley McChrystal. In an article that's come out in Rolling Stone magazine. Yes, Rolling Stone magazine of all places. Stanley McChrystal, the general that's in charge of the war effort in Afghanistan. Oh, boy. Uh, this guy has said some pretty uncomplimentary things about Barack Obama, the administration, his uh, the people that are below him in the chain of command, and pretty much anybody in the State Department, and pretty much anybody that he could take the shotgun of insults to. He made them openly in front of, on the record in other words, in front of this guy from Rolling Stone magazine. Stanley McChrystal set to get the beat down from the president today. And then reportedly, this is relatively new, reportedly he is uh, going to submit his resignation. Let's point out this Stanley McChrystal. This is an Obama guy. This is not a Bush appointee. This is not a guy that, that Bush put in there. This is a Barack Obama guy. Voted for Barack Obama. This, ooh, you talk about bad PR. You talk about dangerous. That's what this is, ultimately. And I think you thought Obama's approval numbers were bad now. Wait till next week. Who needs billion-dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? All right. What I want to do here is I want to sort of lay out a case about how the White House, Barack Obama, the Obama administration, has really been a failure as a leader. And I know you've probably heard this before. You've heard me talk about this before. And some of you are already sort of rolling your eyes at this idea because I've gone on since Obama took the oath of office. But I want to lay this out for you objectively, whereby I am sort of the prosecuting attorney here. I'm bringing evidence to you. And it is up to you, the jury, to ultimately decide if my case is relevant, if my case is accurate. And I want to do this because, and I want to lay this out because, and I'm not going to go way back. I'm not going to pull out every single example. I'm just going to use recent examples, relatively recent examples. Probably a lot of the stuff that I mentioned in the top seven info uh, portion of the show here. And I just want to sort of pull out some of this evidence and let you decide ultimately. And again, as I always say on this show, you don't have to take my word for it. You can always go and look up the information yourself. I encourage people to do that. You don't necessarily have to take my word, but I will tell you that I do a lot of research. I do a lot of prep for this show. I have a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm one of these, uh, these news hawks, these pundits, if you will, in a matter of speaking. And I, I would like to consider myself pretty adept at this. But I want to lay the case out for you and see what you think. So what I want to do is put out, first of all, Exhibit A, if you will. And since they say all politics is local, I'll start locally with the state of Arizona and the immigration situation. First of all, as you might have heard, I mentioned there's a drug cartel, drug gangs that have literally set up shop here in the state of Arizona. They have set up a base of operation. And when I say that, I don't just mean 
there's gangs in the state of Arizona. I mean in rural, in the rural part of Pima County in southern and southwestern Arizona. They've actually taken portions of land for their own there. The sheriff's office in Pima County, they don't even send people out there anymore to deal with it. Because as far as they're concerned, it's just too dangerous. They've already had people shot at. It's just too much. This is a story that appeared uh, earlier today. Just to give you an example, and, and there's been many of these. Mexican drug cartels have set up shop on American soil, maintaining lookout bases in strategic locations in the hills of southern Arizona, from which their scouts can monitor every move made by law enforcement officials, federal agents are reporting. The scouts are supplied by drivers who bring them food, water, batteries for radios, all the items they need to stay in the wilderness for a long time. These guys, they have radios, they have lights. Some of these guys have night vision, reportedly. It's like the military. It's like they have set up their own outpost right here in American soil. Quote, to say that this area is out of control is an understatement, said an agent who patrols the area who asked not to be named. We, federal border agents, as well as the Pima County Sheriff's Office and the Bureau of Land Management can attest to that. Much of this drug trafficking uh, comes from the Veckel Valley and some of the Indian reservations, even following the natural gas pipeline that runs from Mexico into southern Arizona. In these areas, which are south and west of the Tucson area, sources said that there are, quote, cartel scouts galore watching the movement of federal, state, and local law enforcement from the border all the way to Interstate 8. That's a good chunk of real estate. Quote, every night we're getting beaten like a pinata at a birthday party by drug alien smugglers, a second federal agent told local news by email. Quote, the danger is out there with all the weapons being found coming northward. Someone needs to know about this. The agents blame part of their plight on new policies from Washington claiming that it has put a majority of the U.S. agents on the border itself. One agent compared uh, this to a short yardage defense in football, explaining that once the smugglers and drug runners break through the front line, they're home free. Quote, we are unable to work any traffic because they have a forward deployed Quote, we are unable to work the traffic coming on over the mountains. That traffic usually carries weapons and dope, too. Again, always using stolen vehicles. The Department of Homeland Security denies it and uh, has ordered any major change in operations of any sort uh, in forward deployment. So, you know, again, what do you expect from the Department of Homeland Security? They're not going to admit to this. But this is a major big deal that's going on in southern Arizona, and nobody talks about it. All there. You've got these guys. They're operating a whole organization down there. It's a big organization. Night vision, radios, all the sort. And it doesn't appear that anybody's uh, making an attempt to stop it. We have some agents on the border, some Border Patrol guys and now we're going to get this, this boost of uh, 1,200 troops, allegedly. Hang on. Let's table that for just a moment. So, once again, Exhibit A, we have 
uh, Arizona being taken over by drug cartels, gangs in our rural areas. And the federal government's response is, well, uh, we're not really going to do much. You have some border agents there. Uh, They're being overwhelmed. I know they're greatly outnumbered. There's nothing anybody can do. The sheriff's office has even stopped trying to fight crime in certain areas because it's just worthless. It's pointless. They can't because the criminals are far better equipped than they are. And by equipped, I don't just mean with weapons. They're better equipped with uh, night vision goggles, lookouts. They outnumber the sheriff's office down there. They outnumber the border agents down there to the point where it is... It's, it's unfit. They've closed national forests in Pima County as a result of this. So that's, that should tell you how bad this has been. And this isn't something that's brand new. This has just been a festering problem for a long time, and it's really coming to a head now. It's getting out of control at this point. So there's Exhibit A. Exhibit B for poor leadership on the part of the Barack Obama administration and Washington in general if I may submit this to you, is the agents that were supposed to come to the border. A couple of weeks ago, President Barack Obama met with Arizona Governor Jan Brewer. And in this meeting, Governor Brewer was promised 1,200 troops would be sent to the border of Arizona and Mexico. Now, these troops, these would be National Guard troops. Now, I will... Just make a a little aside here as a brief aside. I know that sending the National Guard troops to the border is ostensibly useless. President Bush did it. He sent 6,000 to the border, and it's really not much of anything. It's a show of manpower. It's supposed to be intimidating, but it's really not. You know why? Because the National Guard can't really do anything. The National Guard, they don't carry weapons to these border functions. They're not there. They're not there to enforce the border per se. They're there to act as a lookout, but they don't necessarily make any arrests. They don't question people that come over the border. They don't try to stop people that are coming over the border. They're just there as a show of force. It's, it's just sort of for decoration. And that's not to disparage the National Guard because the National Guard does a lot of great things, but the National Guard's hands are deliberately tied by the federal government so that they can't do anything. So they're, not, they're sent there. It's not a military. It's the National Guard. And, of course, because of Posse Comitatus, we can't actually use the military at our border. But that's another story. The point is that even if you do send the, the National Guard to the border, it doesn't really help that much. It'll help, but not really that much. It's more for show. It's more a political chess game. It's more to show that you care, but we know you don't. But really, if you made a promise to the governor, you could fulfill it. Hell, as of the time that we're doing this broadcast, Barack Obama promised to send some aides from the White House to the state of Arizona to take a look at the situation and help. That hasn't even been done yet. Aides from Washington haven't even come to meet with Governor Brewer as of yet. So, unfortunately... We're being lied to. We're being placated by the White House here in the state of Arizona. We have a real legitimate problem and we are being placated. I don't know about you, but that kind of bothers me. Uh, Now, Exhibit C, the federal government is suing the state of Arizona. Eric Holder, attorney general, has decided to launch a federal lawsuit against the state of Arizona over SB 1070, our controversial immigration bill. 
even though it's the same bill that it mirrors the federal law, it still is being attacked by the feds. Now, I should point out that several years ago, Arizona instituted a, a another bill to help protect against illegals. We issued the Employer Sanctions Bill. The Employer Sanctions Bill said that any company that knowingly hires illegal immigrants faces fines and the potential revocation of their license. As a matter of fact, the second offense of knowingly, knowingly hiring illegal immigrants is the revocation of one's business license permanently. Naturally, this bill did get watered down somewhat, but it was challenged in federal court. And guess what? The bill held up. The voters approved it and the bill held up in federal court in the Ninth Circuit Court, I should point out, the most liberal court out there. Even they couldn't find enough holes in it to shoot it down. So the, it, it carried on, and I have a feeling that this bill will do the same thing as well. Uh, I guess Eric Holder has decided that he's finally going to read the bill. But he was making statements against the bill before he read it. He even admitted that he hadn't read it, and yet he was attacking the bill as it was, calling it racist or saying that it had the possibility of being racist, even though it has specific guidelines to not profile racially. I know a lot of that's the talking point. Now, again, in order to listen to this show, in order to really get the information that I'm trying to put out there, you do have to put down the Kool-Aid. We actually have to have a civil conversation where you put down the political Kool-Aid, whether it's the R Kool-Aid, the D Kool-Aid, whatever the Kool-Aid is that you like to drink, you better put it down when we're going to have this discussion. Because otherwise, you're not going to be able to interpret the information. You're going to go, well, well, uh, but Barack Obama told me or, or President Bush told me or, or the Republicans, uh, the, you know, uh, Michael Steele told me this. And No, it's time to put down the Kool-Aid. I'm trying to provide you information here. So we have, we have uh, okay, so that's exhibit A, B, and C. Federal government suing the state of Arizona. Incidentally, they're suing the state of Arizona for not, for, for deciding to take it upon themselves to handle the Ill illegal immigration problem in a way, to enforce the federal law, which I didn't know that a state enforcing federal law was somehow a suable offense, but I guess it is. That's interesting. Interestingly enough, while Eric Holder and uh, the Department of Justice has decided to file a lawsuit against the state of Arizona, interestingly enough, the federal government is still not doing anything about the illegal immigration problem. So while they are busy suing us, that's still not getting anything done. Again, political theater. It's going to lose, but it's going to spend your taxpayer dollars. The state of Arizona has to spend money to defend it, the federal government is spending taxpayer money to attack the state of Arizona, to sue the state of Arizona. That's got to bother some of you, doesn't it? I mean, I don't really care which side you're on. It's still got to bother you that the federal government is spending money, taxpayer money, to go after the state of Arizona. And they're going to try and drag this thing out. Get Arizona to break and just say, okay, we give up. You win. You win, Washington. But Governor Brewer has said she's not going to back down. She's going to continue this fight. And I hope she does. All right. So there you go. That's Exhibit A, B, and C. That's all just related to the state of Arizona. Exhibit D for poor leadership on the part of the White House and Barack Obama. The Gulf Coast. The oil spill. 
Last week, President Obama gave an address to the nation from the Oval Office, and he said he's going to make BP pay, and they're going to have to pay. Oh, boy, they're, he's coming after them. And the only specific action or the only real specific that he issued in that speech, the only real concrete specific action that he told people to do or anybody to do was to pray. Which even got the Obama, the most ardent supporters for the guy. Even that got them upset. As you all know, if President Bush had said anything like that or any time President Bush made any sort of allusion whatsoever to God or any sort of religion, well, he was vilified. And I must admit, anytime I hear a president talk about God, I don't want to hear it either. I, I, I didn't want to hear Bush say anything about it. I don't want to hear Obama say anything about it. And I know that pisses off the Glenn Beck crowd that listens to this show, but I hate to tell you this. Look, I don't need to hear about God when I'm hearing about an oil leak. Because guess what? God ain't stopping it. So it's kind of up to us humans here on this earth to do it. And I don't think we can stop it either. I'm not saying that Barack Obama is demonstrating bad leadership because he can't stop the oil from leaking. Because I don't think anybody can stop the oil from leaking. I don't know if the Army Corps of Engineers can do it. We know BP can't do it because... It's pretty much written in all of their safety procedures, which they have Xeroxed from every other oil company who Xeroxed it from them, who probably Xeroxed it from other oil companies. Uh, They have no real way of handling this. We've seen a similar spill 31 years ago in the Gulf, almost 31 years ago to the day. What was that called? The Ixtap or something like that. This, This other well that leaked in the Gulf of Mexico. And that went on for weeks and weeks before it was stopped. And this one is going to go a lot longer because this one is deeper and its pressure is incredible. This isn't just putting out 10,000 barrels a day or whatever that other one was. This is putting out something, and again, the estimates, who knows? A million barrel or a million gallons a day, two million gallons a day, much as... Five million gallons a day? Who knows? Even if it's a hundred thousand gallons a day, it's a lot. It's a lot. You've got what is it? Uh, about anywhere from I, I've heard twenty thousand psi to a hundred thousand psi pounds per square inch worth of pressure come uh, pushing that oil out of there. Whatever the case, Barack Obama is not a bad leader because he can't stop the well from leaking. It's because he's decided that he's suddenly the legislative branch of government. See, here in the United States, just a quick civics lesson. We have three branches of government. We have the legislative, the judicial, and the executive branch. See, the legislative branch makes laws. The executive branch... Notice the key word there, execute, the root word execute. They execute the laws. They enforce the laws. They can sign bills into law. And of course, the judicial branch, which adjudicates the law. They determine whether or not a law is justified, whether or not a law is just, whether or not it is fair, whether or not it conflicts with other laws. They rule interpreting the law, as it were. 
That's what the branches of government do. But the problem is, is Barack Obama, who resides in the executive branch, he's decided that he's just going to make a law that says that BP has to pay $20 billion. And if that's not enough, it's more. And I know that for some of you out there that, that think now all of a sudden that I'm, I'm going to sit here and defend BP, I am not Rush Limbaugh. I am not Sean Hannity. I'm not going to rattle my papers around. And, Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, BP is the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, I'm not going to do that. But... See, in this country, we have laws. And the law says you can't just arbitrarily tell a corporation how much they have to pay. And yes, BP has to pay. BP was irresponsible and, dare I say, criminally negligent. BP, again, I will repeat, irresponsible and criminally negligent. But the problem is, so was the federal government. See, the MMS, the Mineral Management Services here in the United States. They knew about this problem. I have the, here's a report right here that says they've known for the last year that this Deepwater Horizon has been a problem. They knew that the, the potential safety risks existed with this and other Deepwater wells in the Gulf of Mexico. Did they tell the president? Did they tell somebody else? Did they do anything about it? Because if there is a known safety risk, if there is a critical risk, which according to BP's own reports, which showed how bad the, the, the safety uh, issues were here and how bad uh, some, of other, uh, some of the other BP issues are and how many safety violations that BP had, BP slash Transocean. Let's, you know, I, I'm sort of using them interchangeably. But uh, if they knew that, then they should have done something about it. Don't you think? After all, we hear about the federal government supposed to do something. They're supposed to step in. That's what we're told. They did nothing. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that all of a sudden there's a no-fly zone over the Gulf? Why do you think that they're pouring chemical dispersants on the top of the water so it makes it less visible how much oil is actually spilled out so it doesn't look as bad, even though it's all right under the surface? all going to wash up eventually, but it doesn't look as bad because we're pouring dispersant on the top. It's remarkable. It's bad leadership. The president tells us to pray. That's his, that's his advice right now. And he's going to arbitrarily charge $20 billion to BP. Well, guess what? We have a system for determining how much money should be assessed to BP, how many damages. You know where damages are determined? Damages are determined in court, Mr. President. And I know our judicial system's a joke. I get it. I understand. I mentioned this on Friday as well. I know that our judicial system sucks. I know that the court system is broken. The folks that were the victims of the Exxon Valdez spill, yeah, it took them 20 years to get paid. I understand that. And I don't want to see that happen here because there are people that are really suffering from this. And there are a lot of people and there's a lot of economies that are already bad anyway because of, and not that I'm introducing this as another exhibit. I'm just saying that just uh, the, the poor economy that we are currently dealing with and then you had this, this oil spill. That's just made the matter worse. It has exacerbated the issue. And then, of course, Exhibit D, Part 2. While this oil spill continues, Barack Obama decides, hey, I think I'm going to go golfing. I'm good. I'm going to go golf. Then he decides he's going to spend 500000 taxpayer dollars to go and deliver a 10-minute speech in the state of Ohio. 
a 10-minute speech where he gives himself a big old pat on the back for his stimulus bill that saved or created all these jobs, with the unemployment numbers still going up, by the way. Saved or created jobs? Well, Ohio's unemployment is at 10.7%. Obama's going there giving himself a, a pat on the back for how great the economy is and how great his stimulus package is. He gave a 10-minute speech. A 10-minute speech which cost the taxpayers of this country $500,000, but that's not even the best part. You know what else happened? He went there, and those people, when he landed, he, he gave a speech at this job site. The people that normally work there... They had to take the day off because of Obama's security detail coming through. They were given an involuntary day off, of course, without pay. Those people weren't very happy with the president. Then afterwards, he headed back to Washington so he could attend a White Sox Nationals interleague game. Again, I'm not saying the president can't enjoy a baseball game. I'm not saying the president can't go golfing. I'm just saying that it's kind of bad PR right about now. It's kind of bad leadership if you're going to go and watch a damn golf game or go to a golf game and watch a damn baseball game when you've got all this oil going in the golf. Again, I know he can't swim out there and plug the, the damn hole, okay? But what else I know is that, that it doesn't show good leadership to go out and do all that other stuff. And that goes true with Tony Hayward as well, CEO of BP, who was out watching a yacht race on Saturday. Unbelievable. These guys... Are so out of touch. And Barack Obama's the same way. And I know you're going to try and defend him, but there's no defense for this. I continue, though. Exhibit E. The Iranians. Well, they're acquiring nuclear weapons. And while they plan to run the Gaza blockade, we've heard nothing from the White House whatsoever. We haven't heard anything from the White House about this. We haven't heard anything from the White House about their acquiring nuclear weapons. We haven't heard anything about them, their threats to Israel, running the Gaza blockade, anything. We've heard some rumblings that perhaps, perhaps Barack Obama is going to send some military vessels over there and we're going to get something cranked up, but I don't know. Military is pretty thin right now. And that brings me to Exhibit F, Stanley McChrystal. He is the general leading all the troops over there in Afghanistan right now. Stanley McChrystal is the subject of an article that appears in Rolling Stone this week. Yes, Rolling Stone, the, the same magazine that talks about music and all that kind of stuff. Rolling Stone magazine was with Stanley McChrystal for an extended period of time. Did a whole expose. And uh, a lot of the stuff here is stuff that was set on the record to the reporters of Rolling Stone magazine by Stanley McChrystal. A lot of stuff was said in front of these reporters that's pretty damning. Now, my standard rule on this show has always been the truth is somewhere in the middle. So even if 50% of this article right here that appears in Rolling Stone, even if 50% of this article is true, it's very damning for... Stanley McChrystal. It's very damning for the Obama administration. It's very damning for our military strategy in Afghanistan. And I got to tell you, after reading this, I'm not very confident in our military uh, endeavors in Afghanistan. Now, Stanley McChrystal is a, is a Barack Obama guy. He's a guy that Obama has specifically picked out and put there. But he didn't know much about McChrystal when he appointed him. They had met briefly once or twice, 
But Barack Obama didn't know much about the guy. Uh, let's see, Stanley McChrystal, he went to West Point. I have, I have all of his details here. He went to West Point. Uh, let's see, graduated, what, 298th out of a class of about 800. Uh, I mean, nothing really spectacular here. He, listen, he served his country. That's great and everything. But this Stanley McChrystal, he appears to be kind of a nut job. He appears to be kind of a loose cannon. And he has had some not so complimentary things to say about the president. He said that he that he calls uh, he refers specifically to the wimps at the White House when talking about the way to handle Afghanistan. Washington, the White House wimps. Talks about Barack Obama that he was very disappointed in his meeting with the president. And this is a guy who has already received the smackdown once from the president. Reportedly, he's going to submit his resignation. I have a feeling that that was a, you'd better resign or else I'm just going to fire you sort of thing. That's that's the report that we have in this evening. That uh, Stanley McChrystal is going to, that he's uh, resigning. This is bad for the Obama people. This guy was picked, he was, he was selected by Obama. This shows you, this is a guy, Barack Obama was a senator for four years. Really, like three years, because the last year he was campaigning. So he's a senator for three years. What other, does he, he had zero executive experience going into the White House. He had zero military experience. And he is the commander-in-chief. He is the chief law enforcement officer of this country. That's the job of the president of the United States, among others. And he hasn't enforced the laws in Arizona, on our border, he hasn't enforced the laws when it comes to, well, he's decided to make up his own laws when it comes to BP and the handling of that mess. And when it comes to Afghanistan, he railed against Afghanistan as a member of the Senate. And yet now he's committed more, he's, he committed, in his term alone, he committed more than 30,000 troops. And you can say, you know, that was a Bush war and Bush started that. And, you know, that's all true. But what have you done to help the situation? You've sent 30,000 more troops over there. And from what, from all the information we keep getting, it's not getting any better. This method, this strategy, the military strategy that they're using is counterinsurgency. Coin, as the Pentagon calls it. And this counterinsurgency, according to some, and I'm not a military strategist, so I'm laying out what other generals... And what others have said about counterinsurgency before, from what I understand, from what I see, from what others have said, counterinsurgency does not work. Historically speaking, it does not work. And yet that is the strategy that we are employing. And this general that's over there, I think he even, even he realizes that he has a different idea, supposedly. But it talks about this Rolling Stone article talks about how he would receive uh, email on his Blackberry. And how he would just curse that and how he would talk about the president, how he would talk about other people. The only person that he didn't blast in his many tirades, this uh, McChrystal, was Hillary Clinton. He actually likes Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton said, let Stanley have whatever he needs. So he doesn't blast Hillary Clinton. But see, this is very interesting. Why would, why would a general say all this in front of a guy from Rolling Stone? Doesn't deny it. If he's resigning over it, it must mean that what's in here is true, at least to some degree, doesn't it? 
Otherwise, he would say, no, none of this is true. Now, I have one final piece of evidence, and then we can go to break. I have one final piece of evidence for submission as to why Barack Obama and the White House in Washington is de- has demonstrated poor leadership. It is John Kyle, the senator, the junior senator from the state of Arizona. John Kyle had a one-on-one, a mano-a-mano meeting with the president of the United States regarding the illegal immigration front. And I probably should have tied this into the Arizona exhibits that I submitted to you, but I just wanted to mention this. John Kyle met with the president one-on-one and asked whether or not he was going to do something about the border and if he was going to send those 1,200 troops here. And you know what Barack Obama said when John Kyle asked him to secure the border? He said, I'm not going to do that because then Republicans won't go along with my comprehensive immigration reform plan. That is reportedly, that's what John Kyle says in a video that's now all over the internet. John Kyle claims that Barack Obama told him, I am not going to secure the border because then Republicans will not go along with me on my comprehensive immigration reform plan. Now, the White House, now, uh, it's not Robert Gibbs, it's, um, it's the deputy White House spokesman whose name escapes me now. But anyway, he, he came out and said, no, the president did not say that. John Kyle knows he didn't say that. Absolutely not. The, he denies that the president said that. That's the White House spokesman. So in, a, in essence, the White House is calling John Kyle a liar. Well, by process of elimination, one of them is lying. Well, I'm not the biggest John Kyle fan on planet Earth. Who would I trust? Would I trust the president of the United States who has made some gross misstatements such as the Gulf of Mexico will make the Gulf of Mexico better than it was before, which when you see that, that's just patently absurd. And who has lied to us and said that he has saved or created four, two to four million jobs, which we know is bogus. And other misstatements on the part of the president. Who should I believe, him or John Kyle? Well, given the fact that there hasn't been any reinforcement of the border or any securing of the border by this president, or really by any president, I would have to believe John Kyle. Because my other rule in life is that actions speak louder than words. People can say anything. People can and often do say anything. It's the actions that matter. I'm an actions guy. I want to see actions. If I don't see the actions, then you know what the words mean? The words aren't worth the paper they are printed on. That's it. That's my case. So I guess the prosecution rests here. (laughs) I hope so, because that was a lot longer a case than I wanted to make. But really, as long as the point gets across, that's really all that matters to me. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. We have a lot of other news and a lot of other stuff to get to, and I want to do that. Some of the stuff left over from Friday, some of the stupid news, and a lot of other stuff as well. You know how we roll. It's uh, Michael Graff in exile on a Tuesday, and uh, yeah, we're ensconced in summer. We're ensconced in the craziness that is, well, this show. All right, we'll be back. And now, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Good evening, I'm Ken Bastida. Dana is off tonight. He was murdered and then set on fire while celebrating his birthday. 
Exploiting other people's mistakes to cover our own f***-ups. It's the Michael Graff Show. Tuesday, Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. That is Mike at KMGX.com. Also, our PayPal address. If you want to contribute to this program, AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name, and all of our other information available at the one, the only, MichaelGroff.com. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but. So I'm just just looking here. Apparently, a federal judge has decided to overturn Barack Obama's temporary halting the moratorium that was placed on deep water drilling. This will not make the administration happy whatsoever. I can promise you that. Let's see. Uh, this was uh, today a uh, judge, federal court... Uh, He lifted the ban imposed by President Barack Obama following the largest oil spill in U.S. history. Uh, This was uh, U.S. District Court Judge Martin Feldman. He granted a preliminary injunction halting the moratorium. Of course, the Obama administration expected to file an appeal. That should come just about at any point. Um, Quote, The court cannot substitute its judgment for that of the agency, but the agency must cognitively explain why it has exercised the discretion in giving uh, a manner, Feldman said. So in other words, he said, you can't just arbitrarily decide that you're going to stop the deep water drilling. You have to give us a a good reason aside from, well, a well exploded and it's leaking oil into the Gulf. It's got to be more than that. And in reading more about these oil spills, it's amazing how many of these happen regularly. We talked about the one uh, the Saudis dealt, dealt with, uh, Nigerians. You know, this goes on not only off land but, uh, or in, uh, in the water, but also on land all the time. On and off land. These oil spills are a pretty regular occurrence. Doesn't make them right. It doesn't make it good. I'm just telling you that, that that's what goes on. 
Um, and, oh, I want to correct something that was brought up as well. And somebody actually asked me in the email um, if it says uh, if uh, let's see here who asked me this. And somebody asked me an email if the United States is really the largest consumer of fossil fuels, as Barack Obama said. And uh, upon doing some research into the International uh, uh, Energy Agency here, uh, actually, no, the United States is not the largest user of fossil fuels. Actually, China is the biggest consumer of fossil fuels. 87% of the energy that China uses uh, is based upon fossil fuels, whereas 85% of the United States. Again, that's according to the IAEA. And then there's this story. This is going to complicate things even further. Get ready, because if you thought the economy was bad now, if you thought you were getting raked over the coals enough... Well, apparently House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer believes you need to be raped just a little bit more. Steny Hoyer said Tuesday that tax increases will eventually be necessary to address the nation's mounting debt, raising a difficult election year issue as Democrats fight to retain control of Congress. In the shorter term, Hoyer raised the possibility that Congress will only temporarily extend middle-class tax cuts set to expire at the end of the year. He uh, pointedly suggested that making them permanent would be too costly. Tax cuts enacted under former President George W. Bush uh, are scheduled to expire at the end of the year, affecting taxpayers at every income level. See, everybody talks about the tax cuts for the rich. But there was also tax cuts for the middle class. And the thing is, is here we are. We hear all the talking points all the time about everybody cares about the middle class. Oh, the middle class, the middle class. And yet we have these tax cuts that are due to expire at the end of the year. And Steny Hoyer says, yeah, you know what? We're done with those. We're not going to extend those. And a matter of fact, uh, we're probably going to raise taxes on the middle class. President Barack Obama proposes to permanently extend them uh, for individuals making uh, less than $200,000 a year and families making less than $250,000 a year at a cost of about $2.5 trillion over the next decade. Uh, however, Steny Hoyer has a slightly different idea, I guess. Meanwhile, Republicans argue that many of the high earners who would face tax increases under Obama's plan are small business owners struggling to stay afloat in a tough economy. Once again, it's just simple math. You don't raise taxes during a recession. You don't. People don't have the money. Where's the money going to come from? It's a recession. There's less discretionary income. So you're going to take some of the discretionary income that people do have, the limited amount that they do have right now, and you're going to tax that. That's great. In other news that's also peachy, Iran said Tuesday that it would send a blockade-busting ship carrying aid and pro-Palestinian activists, quote-unquote, to Gaza, fueling concern in Israel where commanders were uh, training for another possible confrontation at sea. Israel warned uh, that Iran, uh, they, they told them to drop that plan. The Iranian announcement comes days after Israel eased the three-year blockade to Gaza under international pressure following its deadly raid on a Gaza-found flotilla last month. Quote, No one in their right mind can believe that a ship sent by 
the uh, the Ayatollahs and their revolutionary guards has anything to do with humanitarian aid. I would agree with that. This is the same Iran that sends money to Hezbollah. Hamas, rather. And Hezbollah, for that matter. We found uh, documents for both. We found that Iran funds all kinds of bad guys. Let's see. Egypt have joined Israel in blockading Gaza, but it opened the land crossing with the territory indefinitely after the May raid to let thousands of Palestinians through. Egyptian transportation official Mohammed Abdelwajad uh, suggested the country was ready to back off of naval blockades as well. He said that Egypt would not prevent the Iranian ship from passing through the Suez Canal, a strategic point uh, that connects the Red Sea with the Mediterranean Sea that Gaza borders. Quote, as long as the ship is not at war with Egypt and doesn't pollute the air, water, or land, then it will be allowed to cross, Egypt's foreign minister said. Well, I can't imagine that a ship that Iran would have would have humanitarian aid. Well, it probably does. Probably has some food. But I'm going to guess that they probably have, I don't know, assault weapons, missiles. I'm pretty sure that those missiles aren't loaded with sandwiches. Pretty sure that those missiles aren't loaded with first aid material. Just going to go ahead and guess. But, you know, uh, listen... Again, the leadership in Washington has said nothing about it. We haven't heard anything. The international community thinks that Israel's in the wrong, as they always do. Yeah, how dare they try and defend themselves? How dare they protect their sovereignty? Protecting your, you can't protect your sovereignty. No, you don't get to do that. What were they thinking? I, I I have to tell you, the world's gone mad. I want to men- mention this too. This is kind of funny. Uh, before the show tonight, the reason, once again, I'm here late recording a, a show, the reason I'm here in the studio is because I got a call from the Gallup people today. I had, I had never gotten a call from Gallup before. So the Gallup pollsters called me and, and, and had many, many questions. You know, they ask you a lot of questions. It's not just as simple as what you think of the president. They ask you anything about your health. They ask what kind of health ailments you may have. They ask about, uh, they ask all sorts of questions. How satisfied you are with the country, with your city, with your local area as a whole. What you think of the economy, what you think of um, uh, if you approve or disapprove of the president, blah, 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 blah. Household income. So they uh, asked a lot of questions. I thought it was great. So my results appearing in a Gallup poll near you. The Gallup poll is constantly being updated, they mentioned. And I'll be interested to see the new uh, presidential approval numbers that will be coming out very soon from the Gallup poll, by the way. I want to see that. So the, this guy, uh, it was great. I was like, I, I don't know very many people in Nebraska. I know, I remember the our official Nebraska ambassador to this show who still listens. He listens. He did contact me on Facebook. You know, after my rant about the people that uh, that I mentioned on Facebook that I, that I, I I send messages to and then they don't respond, some of those people actually responded. 
I don't know if Facebook doesn't work. I don't know if sometimes I send a message and it doesn't get to people or, or whatever. But there are some people that add me and I don't know who they are. And there are other people like this guy. Um, oh, my God. I, I'm, I'm blanking. It's it's 100 degrees in here. So I'm blanking on the on, on the guy's name. Oh, this is going to this is going to bother me. I'm not going to go back and edit this because I, I just want to I want to go through the show. But so uh, I, I had this. A couple of people said, Mike, uh, you know, you mentioned this uh, on your show on Friday. And I just want to say that I am, uh, I'm so-and-so I've listened to your show forever. Oh yeah. The guy, uh, the guy that went by, uh, SK, uh, CA in our, uh, IRC channel years ago, he says he's still listening. So that guy contacted me on Facebook and he just wanted me to know that yes, he is still there. Yes, he is still listening. And he's, he tries to catch every show he's catching up, I guess. But there's like, there's a chick on there that, that, uh, that contacted me like Leah, there's somebody else. I, I sent them messages and they're like, um, they, they didn't respond. I, I don't know who these people are. I mean, I'm glad they're there. I'm glad they're wishing me well. I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Believe me. I'm very grateful that people tune in and listen to the podcast. I just, I just wish, you know, they'd respond. You know, I miss the days of, of all the interaction that I had with the listeners is what it really is. And I like to have the interaction. Supposedly, I mean, I'd love, I wish I had the resources and the funds and everything so we could all party someplace. Like Vegas, for example. I would love that. I would do it in a heartbeat with the listeners. Especially with the ladies. Really, with anybody, it doesn't you know. I'm good for a party. I could use one right about now. It's so depressing. If I had to, I would put myself up beside you. So let me All right. ask, would you like Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Also our PayPal address. If you want to contribute monetarily to this program, Mike at KMGX.com on PayPal. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Grav Show, the screen name, everything else about this program available at the one, the only, MichaelGrav.com. Alright. Coming up, some stupid news, and we'll try and put a bow on this program and keep it from being 17 hours long. Michael Grav in exile on a Tuesday. Back after this. Try to find out what makes you tick as I lie down. Do you like that? Do you like that? And I don't mind if you say this love is the last time. Just let me say that I like that. I like that. Something's getting in the way. Something's just about to break. I will try to find my place in the diary of Jane. And final segment, Michael Graf in exile on a Tuesday. We're back. 
You know it. Mike at KMGX.com. The email and PayPal address. It's Michael Graf Show, AOL Instant Messenger, and MichaelGraf.com for all of your Michael Graf needs. All right. Some of the unfinished business from Friday. I got some stuff in the Michael Graf Show stupid news file. For some reason, I never got around to it. Oh, yeah. It was because the show on Friday was over three hours. This is great, though. An Australian man was jailed for 30 days for blowing a bubble in court. <laughs> yeah, you thought our justice system was crazy. Mirza Zukanovic, 20, was up on a salt-related charge when he blew his gum into a bubble and popped it as he looked at Magistrate Rodney Crisp. News Limited newspapers said, instead of demanding an apology uh, or a fine, uh, an incensed crisp issued a jail term and sent Zukanovich down to the cells for scandalizing the court and challenging the authority. He was later freed by Melbourne's Supreme Court, uh, prompting an appeal against uh, the sentence, which uh, his lawyer described as too harsh. Sorry, mate, you can't be blowing a bubble here in court. As Australia, mate. Yeah, put up with none of that crap down here in Sydney, right? Maybe up there in uh, Queensland, in Toowoomba, we might put up with that crap, right? But uh, not down here in Sydney. You blow a bubbly poo in court there. They throw you in jail and fine you $900 he dues. That's well, outrageous. Outrageous, mate. Totally. So that's just some of the stuff from the... Michael Graff shows stupid news file. Also, I, I want to throw this out there. This is something that I just want to mention. If you would uh, be interested in hosting a best of edition of the Michael Graff show, or if you want to co-host this program with me, you can do so. Uh, if you know, you're so inclined, you feel the need, you want to be on a big time radio program like this, a big time podcast, big time you want to be part of Michael Graff in exile. You want to be in exile with me. You can do so. All you have to do is send a, an email to me, mike at kmgx.com, or contact me on AOL Instant Messenger. We'll talk about it, set it up maybe, uh, if, if that is your interest. If uh, you're one of those people out there that uh, send me the messages you want to debate, perhaps, or if you just want to come on here and uh, you got your own agenda, uh, co-host, listen, I'm not looking for somebody to take over the program. Although, if you're hosting the Best of Show, uh, then yes, by all means, it's the Best of Show. So you're, you'd be introing the segments. You'd be doing me a big favor, actually, because hosting my own Best of Show, number one, it's pretentious. But number two, I don't know, I think it's cool to have different listener voices and different listener response and different listener interaction on there. So I would be, uh, I'd be all cool with that. So I am, I am advocating that. And, of course, any ideas you might have, any comments, questions, suggestions, anything of the sort, you can always pass those along to me. All right, there's a lot of other serious news, but, you know, I got to tell you something. Sometimes I come in here and I, I, I laid out my case about the poor leadership that we've had in this government. And I laid all that out for you to think about. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care if you're a big fan of, of Obama or a big fan of Republicans, Democrats, whatever the case may be. I laid out all... All the material I could in the first segment, actually not really all the material I could, just all the recent material. 
And I sat there and after I was done with the segment, I sort of went, you know, sometimes this show, we, we really get into the serious stuff here. And then, I, I don't know, sometimes I think it's I think it's better just to read about it. Hey, you're blowing a big old bubble here in court, mate. Oh, that's, that's a lot better to talk about that, right? It's a lot better than sitting here whinging and whining about whatnot, all these other, other problems of the day. Barack Obama and all that uh, other stuff, right? So, yeah, it's no need to talk about all that, right? Many of the characters in my head. Besides, uh, sometimes we talk about politics and we talk about the people in Washington. These people in Washington, they're all just talking point spewing robots, unfortunately. So you're not going to get a straight answer out of them. You get, you get these people that are marched up there saying, we need comprehensive immigration reform. And you say to them, well, I mean, what does that really mean? Comprehensive immigration reform. All right. Well, what about securing the border? Does not compute. Does not compute. It's the talking point crowd. And unfortunately, that talking point is pre-programmed into both the Republican and Democrat robot talking points. We do not understand this border security. No, thank you. We must address the issue of comprehensive immigration reform and communication. That's, that's the talking point rhetoric that you get out of the folks in Washington. Eh, all right. Well, on that note, I think I'm just going to get out of here. There's a lot more we could sit here and bitch about until, until the daylight comes, really. I could sit here and do an endless podcast. It could really be just something that goes on and on. It really is. It's the story of my life. It drags on and on. All right, coming up later in the week, you know, the pop chart review. We're going to do all sorts of stuff. I'm sure James or somebody will come on and co-host on the show and we'll do all of our usual features. You know how it works. Hey, it's Tuesday and we have a podcast out. And I'm sure there will be yet another best of edition of Michael Groff in exile coming up. My goal one day is to just not be in exile anymore. Go back to being zip code famous. I'm working on it. I'm sitting here watching the Diamondbacks Yankees game and I'm I'm getting sick. After the Diamondbacks stomped the Yankees 10 to 4 last night. Tonight I'm sitting here just watching hit after hit after hit. A-Rod has... I, I don't even know. I feel like... I feel like going off like Tommy Lasorda in that post-game press conference after Dave Kingman hit three home runs against the Dodgers once. <laughs> I'll have to dig that audio up. Maybe that should be some comic relief, listening to old uh, Tommy Lasorda meltdowns. That'll get me in a better mood. In the meantime... At the risk of being repetitive, Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, anything you'd like to pass along, Mike at KMGX.com. Also, that's our PayPal address for this program, so you can contribute some funds to our show. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And... For anything else Michael Graff related, you know that we're available at the one, the only MichaelGraff.com. Our chat channel's over there, and one of these days should... Well, look, if, if God created the heavens and the earth and everything else, somehow he could have a miracle 
and bestow upon me the ability, the will, the motivation to one day have a new and improved MichaelGraff.com, which I have said is coming for years. And well, there's no risk of premature stamina on our website. <laughs> We're back tomorrow or something. Have a great one. It's Michael Graff in exile on a Tuesday. Good night, everybody.